Father, come and teach us. Spirit, come and speak today. You delight to lead and guide us. It's your word that lights the way. So come, awaken our hearts, illumine our minds, magnify Jesus Christ. Come, renewing our faith, changing our lives with your words of life.
My hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving ceases.
children sing a song of liberation. The God of our salvation set us free. Death, where is thy sting? The curse of sin is broken. The empty tomb stands open. Come and see. He's alive, alive, alive. Hallelujah, alive. Praise and glory to the Lamb. Good morning, church. Welcome. As is our custom, we're going to take a moment as we begin our, our worship service together, encouraging one another with, um, with God's Word. So would you stand to your feet? We're going to read from Ezra chapter 3, starting in verse 10, and we're just going to all read it out loud together. So let's encourage each other with these words. When the builders had laid the foundation of the Lord's temple... The priests dressed in their robes and holding trumpets, and the Levites descended from Asaph, holding cymbals, took their positions to praise the Lord, as King David of Israel had instructed. They sang with praise and thanksgiving to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love to Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord, because the foundation of the Lord's house had been laid. But many of the older priests, Levites, and family heads who had seen the first temple wept loudly when they saw the foundation of this temple, but many others shouted joyfully. The people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shouting from that of the weeping because the people were shouting so loudly, and the sound was heard far away. That's my prayer this morning, that we would be singing and shouting and uh, responding to what God has done in our lives to such a degree that it would be heard far away. Let's sing together.
Your 
Welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. It is so great to worship with you all today. We exist to glorify God by inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. Well, my name is Alan, and it is a joy to gather with you all and worship today. If you are a guest with us today, we're so glad that you're here. We want to extend a special welcome to you. We would love to get to know you, and one way we can do that is through a Connect card. It looks like this. This is a card right in front of you you can pull out. If you'll fill this out, this will let us know how we can be praying for you, how we can be serving you, and after service. If you walk through these center doors, you can turn left. You'll see our next steps desk there. You can turn this in there, and someone will be happy to greet you there, answer any questions that you may have, and give you a free gift. So welcome to our guests. We are so glad that you're here. We have a special announcement today, and that is coming up on March 10th, we're going to have a special dinner that evening for young adults and college students. This will be at my house, 6 p.m. It's a Thursday, March 10th, and I'll be joined by Pastor Colin. Together, we're, we're going to hang out, just have some fellowship, eat dinner, but also share a little bit of our vision for uh, ministry opportunities for young adults and college students. So we want to invite anybody in that age category to come. Even juniors and seniors in high school are invited so they can just know as they approach the end of their high school career what's kind of next for them. All the way up to young adults into mid-30s or so are welcome. So we're excited to be able to share with you all, to hang out with you all, have some pizza. It's going to be fun. Please catch me if you have any questions about that. Again, that's March 10th at 6 p.m.
As always, we like to encourage our faithful worship through giving. If you'd like to give, there's a few ways that you can do that. One way is if you grab an online giving card that looks like this. It's also in the pew right in front of you. If you take this, you can scan that QR code. That'll take you to our online giving page. You can give online. If you'd prefer to give in person, there are black boxes on the back wall here in the sanctuary. You can drop a gift in there. You can also write to P.O. Box 92, Hebrew, Kentucky, 41048, or you can drop it to the office Monday through Thursday 9 to 4.30 or Friday 9 to noon. We're going to transition now to a moment of prayer, so I invite you to please pray with me. Good morning, Father. Lord, we rejoice this morning. We praise your name. You've given us another day of life, and we are part of a grand narrative that you were telling that's been told through the ages, and we come to you joyfully grateful that you've included us in this narrative. This morning, Lord, we pray for our church's core value of joyful hospitality. You have been so hospitable to us as we think about this grand narrative throughout history of redemption that you are telling. We think of how you have hospitably welcomed us into your family. Like a prodigal son, far from home, you've welcomed us into your loving embrace. Thank you for showing such amazing love to us. Thank you for this gift. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to reflect that, to reflect you. We ask that you would allow us to be ever-growing in our hospitality toward others. Let us show your hospitality and love to our neighbors and to each other. We pray, Lord, this morning, not only for ourselves, but we pray for those in London, across the world. We lift up to you Chiswick Baptist Church. We lift up to you Steve Messersmith. Lord, please bless Chiswick Baptist Church this morning. Let them be refreshed in your good news. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would empower them to continue to reach those around them so that even your gospel could spread not just to the UK, but as visitors to the UK go back to their home countries, that they may take that good news with them and that the nations would be reached. Lord, please bless Chiswick Baptist Church. And with the nations on our minds and hearts this morning, we lift up to you with deep concern, Ukraine and Russia. Lord, we, we ask that you would be with the people of Ukraine as tensions are building on the Ukraine-Russia border. Please give strength and courage and mercy and peace to these people. Lord, we ask that for those who have already experienced conflict, that you would bring healing, psychological, emotional, spiritual healing. We pray for government officials, both from Ukraine and from Russia. We ask that you would give them wisdom. We ask that you would soften their hearts. We ask that you would give them peace. Father, we, we lift up to you local churches in Ukraine, Lord, that you would be amongst them and encourage believers, Lord, that you would protect them physically and give them courage to share your good news in this very hard time. We pray for local churches and relief workers, also humanitarian aid organizations, Lord, as they seek to care for those who uh, may be in great need. Lord, we pray that you would provide the resources and the helpers needed. And Lord, we pray that you would be with those in Russia and Ukraine who don't know you, Jesus. That even in this horrible time, that you would perhaps use this as an opportunity to draw non-believers to believe. Lord, that you would let your good news go out. That people would hear of you and that they'd put their faith in you and go from death to life. To experience the hope and the peace that only comes in a relationship with Jesus. Lord, a little closer to home, but still... Um, Griefful, We lift it to the Conrad family. We pray for Audrey Conrad and her children as her husband, Jean, passed away this past week. Please be so near the Conrad family. Please hold them up, sustain them, bless them now. And finally, Lord, 
with all these things on our minds, we praise you, God, that you are the one who has brought ultimate peace, who has conquered death through the cross. We come to you deserving your judgment because of our sins, and we confess them to you, Lord. And we ask that you would please forgive us of our sins. We ask you would wash us clean, and we thank you for the cross where you, Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, you who lived a perfect life, died in our place. Thank you, Lord, for your death. But thank you that you didn't stay dead, but that you conquered death. We thank you for the empty tomb, that you rose from the grave, ascended into heaven, are sitting at the right hand of the Father. And we pray that that empty tomb would always be our source of life, that we would come to you, hide in you, and rest in the new life you offer. We pray that new life would not just stay here, but would spread to the nations today. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Would you stand to your feet and let's sing together the comfort that we have in Jesus Christ.
you believe Jesus Christ is risen, would you say amen? What a great comfort that is. Let's make this our prayer.
glory. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Amen. May that be true. And may God show us his glory through the preaching of his word. You may be seated. started the prayer group um, because of what it says in Acts 2.42. All believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and also to prayer. The early church gathered together and prayed together. Prayer is an essential part of the Christian walk, and it should be an important part of us as we fellowship together. That's why I started the prayer group. We are one body in Christ, and praying together helps us solidify that. Praying together helps us also to obey James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your sins one to another. We do that in our prayer group, and it's freeing, actually. It's liberating. Sharing our sins with others and praying to the Father. Praying together helps us obey Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, which says... Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. We can carry each other's burdens through prayer. We can do nothing else for someone. We can pray for them and allow the Father to work in their lives in that way. Praying is an expression. It's a tangible way to express our faith and express our trust in God. And that is seen visibly in our prayer group. Thank you, DeRay, for that. If you would, join me opening in your Bibles to John chapter 16. John 16 and verse 16. You can find that in the pew Bible that's in front of you. I don't have the page number. I forgot to look that up this morning, but uh, you can find that. Go to the middle. Go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the big 16, and then the little 16. John 16, 16. Uh, we're continuing our... They're only, I think, one week away, and that's next week. We encourage you again. Uh, next week is our big mentoring conference that is coming up. We are so excited about this conference. We have tried to host it three times. So, um, so uh, the first time was in the fall, and then, uh, unfortunately, uh, Dr. Lawless's mother passed to glory. Uh, and those of you who don't know that story, praise God. She was not saved, but earlier that year was uh, born again and is in heaven. And then uh, we came around to then the ice storm of 2022. And uh, now the third time is the charm, as they say. And so we do encourage you to be here uh, this Friday, uh, we, uh, uh, Friday night, Saturday morning, and then he will be here Sunday morning to preach. Uh, it'll equip you in how to be discipled and to disciple someone else and to be part of our D groups that are launching uh, that next week uh, that you are partnering with someone and growing in the Lord. So next week we'll kind of close out our What's Next in 2022 our series, uh, but we've kind of been walking through all of our, our runways of how important it is for us to be uh, committed to worship, committed to membership, committed to a life group, 
committed to uh, urgent evangelism, committed uh, to giving last week, committed, uh, committed to these things that are important. These are not new things. These aren't things you've never heard of before. But as Hebrew Baptist Church and as a, as a follower of Jesus, you should be asking yourself, what is next for me to grow in these areas this year to not only for myself, but for the benefit of my brother and sister in Christ? Today, we want to continue that as we talk about prayerful dependence. Let's look in verse 16 and read down to verse 24. A little while and you will no longer see me again. A little while and you will see me. Then some of his disciples said to one another, What's he telling us? A little while and you will not see me. Again, a little while and you will see me. Because I'm going to the Father, they said. What is this he is saying? A little while. We don't know what he's talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. And so he said to them, Are you asking one another about what I said? A little while and you will not see um, you will not see me again a little while and you will see me truly i tell you you will weep and mourn but the world will rejoice you will become sorrowful but your sorrow will turn to joy what a woman is in labor she has pain because her time has come but when she has given birth to a child she no longer remembers the suffering because of the joy that a person has been born into the world so you also have sorrow now but I will see you again. Your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy from you. In the day, in that day, you will not ask, you will not ask me anything. Truly, I tell you, anything you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, so that your joy may be complete. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come praying, know that we, as your people, have come connected to you, connected to your word. And we know that you speak to us in truth, your Bible. So God, we ask that you would reveal yourself through the words of truth, that we might be more like your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray, amen. Why is it that we struggle to pray why is it that we only pray when we need something john piper theorizes that we have turned what god has created for a wartime walkie-talkie and turned it into a phone that we use for our butler to bring us some hot cocoa when we need it it's simple that our prayer becomes short it's usually a request for something temporal and usually, it's in a time of desperation. We wonder why this is. Many times, it's our sinful hearts and the struggle. Many times, it's spiritual warfare. Satan doesn't want us spending time with the Lord. But often, it's just laziness. When you read the Bible, though, you see prayer is vital to the Christian life. There are 650 prayers listed in the Bible. 450 times prayers are answered in the Bible. The Bible records Jesus praying 25 different times, and often it is recorded that he goes away to pray. So it is clear that as we as Christians grow in sanctification, meaning 
that we are growing in holiness until we are one day called into glory, that we should be praying more, not less. If we were to be looking more like Jesus as God is growing us into maturity, our prayer life should be growing, not shrinking. Christians and churches should make prayer a priority. As a matter of fact, Dr. Lawless, who will be here next weekend, observed this. Praying churches make prayer a priority. Above all, prayer-driven churches believe that prayer matters. They understand that prayer is a reflection of their relationship with God. They pray because they love Jesus. They recognize their dependence on God, knowing that the triune God is the head of the church. And they know from the Bible and from their own experience that prayer really does make a difference. So why do we not pray? I believe that these, this passage tells us that we struggle to pray because we have disconnected joy and prayer. The joy that comes through praying and the joy we experience in praying. You see, we see the opportunity that we as believers have to receive and give joy in prayer. When we know that we have been created to glorify God in all that we do, that we are most right when we fulfill this purpose, that when we glorify God in who he is and what he is, it brings us joy because we are responding to the glory of the Almighty. That we know that the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. Prayer connects us to God that we might glorify him and in that it brings us joy. But also, we receive joy as we pray. We see, receive joy as we connect to the Father and know that there is someone who hears our prayers. We know we receive jo joy when we pray for our loved ones and our friends who are far from God and God answers them and they are saved, we receive joy. We know when we cry out to God and we know that we feel joy when we are connected to him. We know that we can pray and seek God for guidance and help and that brings us joy to know that God cares for every moment of our life. And we have joy because we know that God answers our prayers. We have disconnected joy from our prayer, and therefore that is why we don't pray. Prayer is both a duty, because we know it is worth and worthy of God that we do that. As a Christian, we should pray, but it is not a joyless duty. It is something that connects us to the heart of God. Among professing Christians, prayerlessness always produces joylessness. 
The deep life of prayer leads to fullness of joy, and a shallow life of prayerlessness produces joylessness. Jesus gives us in this passage two reasons prayer is vital to our lives. If you're taking notes, number one, prayer produces joy from the fellowship with Jesus. Let me just read quickly again, if I can. Well, let me just pick up in verse 19 because it summarizes. Jesus knew they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, are you asking one another about what I said a little while and you will not see me again a little while and you will see me? Truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but the mourned world will rejoice. You will become sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. When a woman is in labor, she has pain because her time has come, but when she's given birth to a child, she no longer remembers the suffering because of the joy that a person has been born in the world. So you also have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy from you. Can I tell you, there was no greater joy than when me and Sarah were dating to connect and talk to her endlessly. Now, I just want you to know, I'm showing my age just a little bit here, uh, that connecting digitally was totally different in the early aughts or the early 2000s than it is now. Those who were alive and can testify to this, it was not a quick text or a quick uh, FaceTime or, or a quick whatever uh, DM. It was, you had to first get over the hump of connecting to the internet. That you had to dial it up and it could you know, and it, could, it would take forever. But then our way of communication of choice, her sitting at her house and me sitting at my house was AOL Instant Messenger. And you would, if you ever experienced that, you would know that it was just this, this program that would sit there so that you could chat from wherever you were to whomever, your friends at school or whatever. And so I'd have it on in the, in the computer behind me in the basement. I was playing Madden. And, and every time there was a, that you knew that somebody was entering uh, coming on instant messenger because it was the door creak, right? And, and so I would jump up and I'd run over and I'd see, is that Sarah? Is that SG Thumper coming on there? That was her, that was her nickname. You could ask her about that. That was her nickname. So I'd, I'd go in there and I'd, I'd, I'd look. No, it wasn't Sarah. I'd go back to playing. I'd whoop somebody on Madden. Well, I wasn't, you, you couldn't play online, so I was playing the computer at that time. <laughs> So, I, you know, I was playing Madden, and, and, and so I ran over there, and there it was. And so we, we chat, and we talk, and until, you know, one of us had to leave, and, you know, the, the door closed, you know. But we would spend hours doing that, or talking on the phone, because she was my joy. She was what I loved to connect to. This is the joy of my life. In a relationship, how much do you joyfully desire spending time and talking with the person that you love? How much more then, brother or sister, 
should we connect with our Heavenly Father who loves us? You see, He is our creator, our life sustainer, the one who all things, nothing that is ours is is not our own. It is all given to us. Anything we do is only because of what he gives to us. Anything we're able to do is only because the ability and power that he gives to us. And God gives us this wonderful opportunity to connect with him and know him and love him through prayer. If we know all these things, we should be connected in prayer. Earlier in John, Jesus said in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I am him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Jesus is speaking to his disciples in chapter 16, verse 16 through 21. He is telling them he is saying to them he said i am you're i'm going to be with you then i'm not going to be with you and i'm uh, i'm not i'm going to be here and then a little while i'm not going to be here then i'm then i'm going to be here again and they were like jesus what what is jesus talking about i can't even understand what this man is going on and on about he he knows and so he asked do you do you not understand this i've been telling you this you know I am going to go away and the world will rejoice but you're going to be in sorrow but then your sorrow is going to turn to joy because I'm going to come again what was the source of the disciples joy the presence of Jesus it was being in his presence He says and concludes in verse 22, I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice. This is the first reason why prayer leads to the fullness of joy is that prayer is the nerve center of our fellowship with Jesus. See, Jesus is not physically here for us to see. He is not physically here for us to touch as he was the disciples when he was resurrected but it is in that stillness of time that the cry of our hearts the the time in our prayer closets the time that we come to him is when we are connected with jesus we're in his presence tim keller in his absolutely wonderful book on prayer says to be a child of god means access We know God is attentively listening to us and watching us. Prayer is our way of entering into the happiness of God himself. Brothers and sisters, prayer is the grace gift of God, the means of grace to us to connect to him, to be in his presence, to love him, to to be around him, to be in the joy that we know that the God the Father is listening to us and yet Jesus the mediator is going to him on our behalf and the Holy Spirit is praying in ways that that we don't even comprehend that the full triune nature of God is with us in prayer. We have access to him and this is a Christian joy connecting with him. This does not mean that it is easy. None of us 
can say prayer is easy. We have the distractions of the world, the distractions of our flesh, the distractions of everything that's going on in our life. But even in the midst of all those distractions, God has given us this gift to say, put all those distractions aside. Connect with me. I'm here for you. Brother, sister, I encourage you to connect in prayer with God more regularly to find joy in being in his presence. There are some who are struggling in prayer. Brother, sister, let me encourage you to just keep going. I would be a fool to come up here and say, oh, oh it is just easy, just do it. Because we know that that's not the experience of life. But brother, sister, you need to be in the struggle of prayer and the struggle for prayer. Some of us are in the adolescent stage of thinking that prayer is just a, I mean, spiritual adolescence of thinking that prayer is a legalistic duty. Well, brother, sister, that is not the Christian understanding of prayer. Is we pray because we get to that we want to. And let me caution you. There is struggle in prayer and there's never wanting to pray. And if you are in a stage where you are far from God, there may be a sin that you need to confess to get in the way to help your prayer life. You may need to be, have a brother or sister in Christ to come and be your accountability in prayer. There might be several things that needs to come and help encourage you in your prayer life. But let me just say, maybe you don't want to pray because you're not a child. Maybe you're not a child of God. Some of you may not be. Which I encourage you here today you are far from God hear this God Jesus wants to be near you Jesus has died for you Jesus has paid for your sin Jesus comes so that we may be connected to God so today you may trust in Christ today and be saved Today, you can trust in Christ and become a child that you may cry, Abba, Father, and know that your Father hears you when you pray. Brother, sister, who's trusted in Christ, be reminded of the joy that comes from being in the presence of the Father. And Number two, prayer provides power to live the Christian life. Verse 22 through 24, let's go 23. And that, that day you will not ask me anything. Truly I tell you, anything you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be complete. The reason prayer produces fullness of joy is that prayer produces the power to do what we love to do and we can't do it without God's help. Jesus says here 
that when you ask, you will receive so that your joy may be complete. In other words, that what you are praying or desiring, God will give to you. The text says, ask and you will receive so your joy will be complete. Fellowship with Jesus is essential, but there's something that impels us in our prayer outward. Verse 23 says that anything we ask, we will receive it. Earlier in John 14, he says the same thing. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Well, how do we receive joy? We ask. We ask for things and we receive the desires of our hearts. We pray and we want. We pray, we receive. But did you notice the caveat? Because such a promise could lead us to ask for many different things that we know that God doesn't answer. And we ask, well, why doesn't he, we receive them? Well, because God gave a guidance. Jesus gave a guidance. What is that guidance? That you pray, that as you pray, it glorifies God, not yourself. That when you ask for something, you do it in my name. That you're doing it in a way that brings glory to God and that what you're asking for will bring glory to Him. Because you can't pray in a way contrary to the way and word of God and want and receive the answer to prayer. You can't choose hatred and ask God to support it. You can't pray, God, please make pornography godly to look and ask Him to answer it. You can't say, God, blind the IRS to the times that have led me to cheat on my tax returns and ask him to, to bless that. You can't ask him to, uh, for God to bless and put my competitor out of business. You can't ask for God to put that arrival on the other team and injure him so that, so that God would answer that, that prayer. No, when Jesus says, whatever you ask is qualified in my name. So prayer exists like everything else to glorify God. Therefore, how would be thy name as the main desire? Then we have no claim on this. John Piper says in prayer, we admit our poverty and God's prosperity our bankruptcy and his bounty, our misery and his mercy. Therefore, prayer highly exalts and glorifies God precisely by pursuing everything we long for in him and not in ourselves. So when your joy matches up with his joy, your joy will be complete. So how should your prayers be altered, brothers and sisters? Are your prayers being superficial or are they kingdom-minded? When you pray for your needs, do you pray that it might glorify God? Are you asking with the right motives? Are you want something to happen more because it will benefit you or to glorify Him? The Bible wants us to bring all requests to him in every way, but we must all do it in a way that glorifies God through it. If you have a big test coming up 
tomorrow and you get up in the morning tomorrow and you say, God, bless me today. Help me to do everything in this test today. I haven't done a lick of time or lick of study, but God, I just pray that you bless this because then I will look good to other people and to college recruiters and other people. God, just bless this test today. That's pretty me-centered prayer, isn't it? What if you prayed, God, bless the effort that I put into this test. I know that you've given me the ability to study, to learn, to grow. I haven't given all the time that I know that I should have. I know that I've given some time and the time that I have, God, may in the time and the abilities that you have given me, may it glorify you in what I do today. May we pray in ways that glorify God. How often are you praying in ways that glorify God? How often are you praying for the lost? How often are you praying for your pastors? How often are you praying for this church to reach more in northern Kentucky? God in his word tells us to pray for our sicknesses and our ailments and every little thing. But how often are we not praying for the very big things? Please pray, brothers and sisters, for your needs. Pray for the things that you desire. But pray, God, that it would be glorified in God and not yourself. That his will be done. That he may be glorified more. And then your joy will be complete. Imagine as you pray as God would desire you to and you see God answer your prayers, how much more joyful would you be to retreat to prayer because you're praying in the way that God desires you to. So brothers and sisters, pray that your joy by him. And finally, number three, your life should be marked by prayerful dependence. With these verses in mind, I just pray too that these texts, Jesus is calling on to a serious, joyful, Christ-dependent, God-glorifying prayer in 2022. So I'm joining Jesus in this call to you that you would set your heart to pray more, to pray as a desire of your joy and heart more, that you would discipline yourself in 2022 in your faith, knowing that the mediator, Jesus Christ, seeks to exalt God in glorious ways through your prayer. So what is the next steps for you? I encourage you, number one, to plan your prayer life. None of us would go and say, I'm taking a four-week vacation. And the day of, say, okay, I'm starting to plan right now. For months ahead of time. Maybe years ahead of time pray we want to get the most out of our prayer we need to plan what am I praying for when am I praying what am I doing how am I going to go about it we've given you some strategies the acts strategy adoration confession thanksgiving supplication you can use that as your guide begin to pray and plan how you're going to Many people who don't have a significant prayer life is because mostly we don't plan to pray. 
Secondly, we need to prioritize our prayer life. We know that most Christians don't pray very much. And very few set aside times to pray alone, and even fewer to meet with others to pray. And we wonder why we have such weak faith. Our hope is feeble, and our passion for Christ may be small. So we need to prioritize our prayer. Seek to put it first in our schedule. Seek to put it first in our small group. Seek to put it first in the time that we have together. You need to prioritize your prayer, or you'll never get around to doing it. Pray for others. A great way to do this is to pray for and with others. Put a list together of people you will regularly pray for. Maybe it's your small group or your life group. And pray for them and keep that up regularly. Join us as pastors as we pray through our church role. You can have a church role and just pray down that list and pray through every member. Maybe you could join the group that DeRay shared with us before in the video. Come at 9.15 on Sundays and pray with and for each other. And I encourage you, life groups, go, go to the 9.15 prayer and, and learn how praying together will encourage your life together. But make sure you're praying for each other. God did not put us together to be spiritual brothers and sisters so that we might not encourage, pray, and pray over each other in prayer. And not just when a request comes. Not just when someone's in need. But we know that we are constantly covered in prayer by our brother and sister in Christ. We encourage you to pray kingdom prayers. Pray for the lost. Pray for our church. Pray for us to reach more people. Pray for our missionaries. Pray for big godly things or as you pray for others pray for our values pray for someone to be more biblically faithful pray for that church member to be have more meaningful connection to church membership pray for your life group member who needs intentionally disciple pray for that person who needs to be more urgent about evangelism pray for that person that they would engage and be be uh, real in worship that, that pray for that person to be joyfully hospitable to others because they have closed themselves off to others or pray that someone would be sacrificially giving what if we were praying those over each other those are prayers that god will answer those are prayers that God will move in our hearts. Brothers and sisters, pray kingdom prayers. And as we think of these next steps in 2022, my prayer is for you and for me that we become prayerfully dependent. Harry Reader wrote this, when we desire to see our churches go from embers to a flame, Prayer is the spiritual element that corresponds to oxygen in a fire. Without the oxygen of prayer to produce the flame of renewal, no amount of human effort can make it happen. In fact, the more we work at revitalization, the more frustrated we will become unless our constant prayers are providing the spiritual spark that we need. 
So if your soul and your life needs revitalization and our church needs revitalization, let us pray. Let us pray together. God, I ask you as we have come to your word that we would find the joy in prayer. That brothers and sisters all in this room and at home would make prayer priority and plan Play, pray big prayers. And God, we know that if we pray to glorify you, you will answer. And I pray, God, now that if there's someone here or watching and worshiping at home, that they do not know you, that today that they would cry out to you a prayer that you will answer when they trust in you and turn in repentance and follow you, we know they will be saved. We pray this today. We pray this together. We would be a people of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As you stand to your feet, let's take a moment and rejoice in the gift that prayer is to the church. So we're going to sing these words together. Oh uh-huh. 
Till from Mount Pisgah's lofty heights I view my home and take my flight. This robe of flesh I'll drop and rise to see. singing. You may be seated. Let's watch these couple videos together. Hi folks at Hebrew Baptist. I'm Chuck Lawless and I look forward to being with you this weekend to talk about mentoring. We're going to meet Friday night from 7 to 8.30 p.m. and Saturday from 9 to 11.30 a.m. and we're going to talk about the process of making disciples through mentoring. I have a pastoral mentor who is in his late 70s. He has mentors in their late 80s and early 90s. In fact, he had a mentor over 100 until a couple of years ago. As they keep investing in each other, and he invests in me, and I get to invest in my students. I want us to look at a biblical understanding of mentoring and some practical ways of doing it. So I encourage you to be with us. I look forward to, to being with you. God bless. Hey church family, this is Pastor Colin here at the Go and Tell board. Just to remind you of our Go and Tell challenge, we've got three Sundays between Go and Tell Sunday on March 13th. So by the Lord's grace, we have, we have uh, 60 ping pongs in here right now. Now I see that some of you are trying to build kind of a pile over here on the left to reach this line. Uh, make sure to put them over here as well. This is really just to build a culture together as a church of invitation and really, more importantly, to, uh, to celebrate together what God is doing. Uh, we've got ping pongs in here of, of all five colors. Uh, people are having gospel conversations. People are, are starting D groups. People are inviting people to life group and to church. And by God's grace, we're hearing as pastors stories about what God is doing. Uh, so let's continue to partner in this together. Thank you, church. Good morning, church family. Man, uh, we have another one. <laughs> all right. Man, it's so good to see all of you. Uh, it's a packed house this morning. Um, man, it's, it's, it's awesome to be in the house of the Lord together. Um, a few announcements for you. Uh, we have w WMU is meeting next Sunday, March 6th, downstairs in uh, room 103. Also, in preparation for Easter celebration coming up, in the next couple of weeks, we do need eggs uh, filled and brought to the church. If you're not able to do that, you can also drop off candy. We have a basket uh, for, for donations there. Please have all eggs and candy uh, returned by Sunday, March 20th. We would appreciate that. As you saw, Dr. Lawless is coming uh, next Sunday. Well, next Friday, this upcoming Friday. He'll be with us Friday evening, Saturday morning. He'll preach. I hope to see every single one of you there if you're able to make it. really think it's going to be a great time together, learning about mentoring, how to disciple one another. I think there's a lot of willingness. I think there's often a lot of willingness to do discipleship, just a lack of confidence uh, or, or um, 
yeah, confidence or the knowledge that you think you need to do it. So this is your time to learn how to do it. So we hope to see you there on Friday evening. Also, the Go and Tell Challenge that was just mentioned. Please, uh, if you have been inviting people in, in whatever way, go ahead and drop those ping pongs off before you leave um, the church building. Also, a last announcement. Um, this afternoon at 4 p.m., we have our town hall on biblical leadership. We're going to be talking more about the question of elders, deacons. Come with questions. We're going to have a Q&A after we teach through some things. Come and ask your questions. Come and, come and, and learn about... Um, Potentially what may be happening at our church with elders and then lastly I just wanted to make you guys aware we had uh, as a youth group uh, a D now weekend discipleship now weekend we partnered with our church partnered with seven other youth groups in the surrounding area we met at Erlanger Baptist uh, Church building Friday night and then all day yesterday Saturday we had a great time of worship had a, about a hundred students across the youth groups participating we took 20 ourselves so if you are a student uh, with our youth group, would you mind standing up real quick? So most of them have their their t-shirts and also could you come down to the front? I'd, I'd actually like us to pray for them as a church. So if you're a student come down right here in the front Thank you I Think it'd be a great great statement that that we believe in investing in these students as a church We believe in what the Lord is doing uh, in their lives and we believe in the power of prayer so especially if you're a church member, would you come down now and just surround these students, put your hands on them, and, uh, and we'll, we'll lift them up in prayer. So go ahead and come on down. So what I'd, what I'd really like is as I'm leading us in prayer, uh, various adults that are surrounding these youth, go ahead and be praying for them as well. Um, be silently praying. Let's all, let's all pray together uh, for the Lord to work in their lives. Uh, the, personally, my opinion is that this is not the church of tomorrow or the future, but this is the church of today. They are a part of our body, and they are very much needed. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to see you work in these students' lives this weekend. I thank you for each and every one that was able to attend. I pray for those who were sick this week and were not able to attend that you would encourage them, that they would feel loved, um, even though they had to miss out. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would work powerfully in these students' lives. For those uh, students who have entered into a relationship with you, they've repented of their sins, placed their trust in you, I thank you for your work in their life. I thank you for your grace and your mercy uh, by, by granting them salvation. For our students that do not yet know you, I pray, Lord, that you would soften their heart, convict them, and convince them of their sinfulness and their need for you. Lord, I pray that our church family would surround these students uh, with love, um, that they would accept that it is our, our responsibility as church members to disciple the entire body, youth included. Lord, I thank you for this church family. I thank you for the grace of the local church, of brotherhood and sisterhood in Christ. Uh, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, church family. You're dismissed. Who knew no sin?
Amen.